Hi, everyone. I just want to take a moment to say thank you for sticking with me, with us, throughout this year. Our Bible app took its first turn around the block in 2018, and I have to say, it felt like we were building the plane as it fell from the sky. (laughs) What else can you do but laugh about it, right? Um, But those of you who tuned into the podcast, who kept opening up the app, really made this year worth fighting for. Um, From the bottom of my queer little heart, I gotta say thank you. You are listening to Lord Have Mercy, a podcast about God, sex, and the Bible. I'm your host, Crystal Cheatham, and today's guest is Lindsay Medford. Have you ever felt entitled to rest? Can taking a Sabbath be an actual act of social justice? Lindsay thinks so, and she penned those words in her devotional series, The Burnout's Guide to Being Human, now available in, you guessed it, our Bible app. I don't know about you, but a discussion about burnout feels quite timely right about now. Lindsay is the director of discipleship at Two Rivers UMC in Charleston, South Carolina. She also has a wonderful website and a blog, and I really hope you enjoy the show. Here's Lindsay. When did you, um, when did you really start writing? Um, I... I, so I started blogging right after my senior year of college. So that was six years ago, um, sort of for my own psychological health. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and then the last two years, I've been like really seriously like I'm gonna try to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so far so good. Yeah. We're so happy to have you on the app. Um, I really like this bio on your website. I'm going to read a couple things to you today. Is that okay? Yeah, <laughs> things that you've yeah. Written. Okay. Um, so you write, and I love this description because how many people take the time to talk about themselves in um, be- belief motifs, if I can call mm-hmm. them that? You say, I believe mystery and paradox are the signature of truth. I believe conviction and discomfort are our friends. I believe what we do matters more than what we say and how and who we are matters most of all. I believe in unlikely healings and impossible resurrections. I'm going to keep going. I believe our (laughs) bodies know what our minds can't understand. I believe God is an ocean of grace. I believe Jesus is real. I believe in abundance. I believe the physical universe means something to God. You also say you believe in wine, but that's the second best. Why did you find it important to write these things down and then put them as a description of you? Because honestly, it's so inviting. I'm just like, I want to talk to this person. Yeah, I mean, I was, I had, I just read so many bios that are like, you know, this is my job and I like coffee. And it's like, well, that's good for you, but like, I can't, I didn't come here to, to read about that and you should know that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I also like, I think that is a, that's also a more winsome place to start from rather than being like, here's the rules of my website. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, so I didn't want to do that either. Um, or yeah. put a bunch of labels on myself 
in order to make it clear like where I stood or who I stood for or that sort of thing. Yeah. I get the sense that you are very much aware of those rules though, you know, that there has to be structure and a template, but the way that you convey those really structural things to your audience is, is just, it's enveloped in, in like this, um, eloquence and I really appreciate it. Cool. Thanks. (laughs) Um, so tell me a bit about your background. Whoa! How did you come? How did you come to start writing about God things? Because I don't think that's a common path for most people. That's true. I am a. I majored in theology as an undergrad, mm-hmm. actually. Um, where? So that's where I started writing about God. Well, I started in youth group as a, in high school. Um, I went to Lee University in Dope. Tennessee. <laughs> nice city. Um, it's a Church of God school. Mm. Um, it's probably, if people know things about Pentecostals and they're probably imagining like crazier stuff than really happened, um, but super evangelical for sure. Oh, Pentecostal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was, uh, one other, um, a guest on my show who was Pentecostal and I told her like the things that we I thought I knew about what it meant to be Pentecostal and she was like yeah no most people think it's like this crazy hoopla but really there's there's a lot of like good structure in there and um caring people yeah there can be there can be um but yeah still, like, and my theology teachers were definitely um really feel like it's sort of their mission in life to bring that um, that rigor to the theology because it's such a young movement. Yeah. Um, so that rigor to the theology and that sense of, I guess, like a sense of compassion to um, the way things are done. So, yeah, I mean, there can be a lot of sort of abuse yeah. where people, where charismatic leaders sort of take on almost cold like mm-hmm. sort of roles for people um but yeah in i mean it's the fastest growing um religious movement in the world and it has been for a long time mm-hmm. so it's even if people don't like it it's something to take seriously mm-hmm. um and i do like it you're still pentecostal today i mean i would i would say i'm charismatic I have never spoken in tongues, which is technically sort of the distinction there. Uh, But I do think that God works in the physical realms in ways that we don't understand still today. So I guess that would be the definition of charismatic. Mm -hmm. So you still identify as progressive and open and affirming? Yeah, I mean, so like the UCC's tagline is, I think it's the UCC is is God, God is, is still, still working, mm-hmm. and so for me those things go together, like very naturally. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I was so excited to um, receive your devotional when you submitted it, the Burnout's Guide to Being Human, mm-hmm. <laughs> which kind of um, insists that if you are burning out it's really really hard to be human it's really hard to just be like (laughs) 
nice to yeah. people <laughs> and sane. Yes. Um, what, what got you writing this devotional? Um, I think a combination of things. This year, I have, um, for the last two years, I've been really learning how to live with an autoimmune disease. Okay. Uh, and so a lot of that this year has been, even though I'm on a road to like physical, I'm in a much better place physically than I was a year ago or two years ago, still having to recognize that I have limits, like physical limitations that are lower than other people's. And it may always be that way. Um, yeah. And I've also in the midst of that have, um, learn, I keep like learning about the Enneagram and then I'm like, okay, I got that. And then something else comes up and I'm like, oh, I'm still like doing this thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm a one and <laughs> I've been, um, sort of reckoning with that this year. And finally, I think it's been a really long time that I've been trying to convince myself that it's okay to like let things go, not do everything, not be everything to everyone perfectly. <laughs> um, yeah. But I think this year that really sort of came to a little bit of a crisis point and a little bit of a, um, and then a new encounter with, with God over that, the places I was putting my worth. Hmm. So, Talk more about that. <laughs> um, I guess I was, I was just trying to do all these things, like literally just do lots of activities that I felt all every single one of them was necessary to be a good human person yeah. in the world. Um, I'm also helping to plant a church in Charleston. Oh, Lord. Yeah, that's work. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I am not the pastor but I still would get, can get a ton of anxiety about the thing that's, that's like the ball that we're dropping or the thing we're not doing good enough or the aspiration we set for ourselves that is not manifest at the moment. <laughs> um, and so in the midst of all of that, there was just so much anxiety and, so much berating myself for, you know, having to sleep in the middle of the day because I'm so run down. Yeah. Um, and when I finally sat and asked myself, if this, if my like physical energy limitations never change, will I be okay with that? Mm -hmm. And how, how would I have to live my life under those limitations and... I realized I was not at all okay with that. And I was at this sort of crisis point then to say, I don't, I always thought, like I know the right answer to say, I'm, I should, you know, should <laughs> um, find my identity in my belovedness. But in reality, I have never ever known what that is because I've never, quite set down all the things that I wanted to do and bring to God or the ways that I also the ways that I have wanted to um, bring the world to greater perfection yeah um, 
Hmm. I think that was a big part of it too, of saying like, if I don't get to be a part of these movements that I think are so beautiful, like if I couldn't because I have a disease and borderline disability, like what would I still find my life valuable? Hmm. And that was a really hard question to work through. Hmm. Actually, I didn't even like think of it or read this devotional from the perspective of like disability. Um, yeah, which is something that I mean, even for me, is really hard to overlook and and push past. Um, because as somebody, I think like you, who is like a, a go getter and loves to be involved in things. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever I have a physical limitation, I don't think, let me stop and and take care of this and take care of myself. I immediately think, how do I push past what whatever mm-hmm. physically is keeping me from doing this so that I can overextend myself and get my get my goal? So it's basically like, what I really want to do is reach out and ring that bell. You know, I'm like, whatever it takes to like run these yards so that I can get to the goal, like that's all that matters. <laughs> and it's yeah. kind of insane. And so yeah, like you say, some of that psychology is a lot to do with my relationship with God and you know, it's really easy to imagine God being this, this, like, I know this is crazy, but I get this, I get this image of, of like Snoopy sitting on top of the, of his, of his, um, of his, his doghouse. Dog yeah. yeah. And he like looks down at, with that like hawkish face whenever he's like, yeah. yeah, like that is the image of God that I get, you know, <laughs> like, like, like serious Snoopy on the hunt. Yeah. Snoopy <laughs> is very snotty yeah. and I'm very snotty. So then I just assume that God is also treating me that way. <laughs> yeah. And so in day one of your devotional, you talk about um, grace and its mm-hmm. limitations. And this quote you wrote is, um, lately I'm learning to receive grace, to receive grace as the power to live within my limitations. What does that mean? <laughs> I love uh, it. Um, I guess I, for most of my life, I thought that, I think this is, can be a really prevalent idea in evangelicalism, and especially in the spaces where I've spent a lot of time with, where you're sort of encouraged to have this hero complex. Um, The idea is that, you know, whenever you get to the end of yourself, grace is going to be the the sort of power that steps in and enables you to keep going, just like what you were saying, like, just push past it because, of course, you're supposed to do everything and be the best and um, because of that's what God wants, right? Um, so to realize that I've been sort of making up what I think God wants Uh and then labeling that it like retrospectively as grace instead of saying, maybe God created me with this body for a reason. Yeah. And what God wants for me is to like acknowledge and respect and care for this body as much as God wants me to do all these things that I've been claiming I was called to, um, yeah. was a pretty big revelation for me. And um, seeing grace as um, not just like that God's going to help me overextend myself, but actually like 
I'm going to come to the end and stop and then leave it to into God's hands. <laughs> hmm. um, that is so terrifying. To be allowed. But it's, yeah, it, it is. It really is. Um, oh, yeah. It's terrifying. I mean, something that I really enjoyed, again, was um, day two, you talked about the perfectionist. <laughs> <laughs> and for the perfectionist, even if we don't think we are one, um, right. so many times um, your quote is the Christian report card kind of kind of turns us into one, mm -hmm. and um, it is it, it, it's 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 so hard to let go. It's so hard to just float along and be okay with it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I say that because like. Um, having built this app, there's just so many things that I can't control, you know, oh. <laughs> and what I end up, what I, what is my meditation every day is just going and doing the, the daily humdrum, just go mm -hmm. and doing the things that I, that I know need to get done and leaving the things that are, that are, that are leaving the loose ends, loose ends. And like, it, it's a constant struggle and a constant prayer to figure out how to eradicate the perfectionist in me. <laughs> yeah. It's that's one thing that I that being in church planting has really helped me oh. um deal with things as we've gone along is um we have several people that sort of come in and help us and advise us at different every few months and one of the things that a couple of them are always saying is, you know, act your age. Wow. Like, don't don't try to be whatever church you came from. Mm. You know, like here's it, our church is like we've been meeting weekly for like eight months. Like, no one is expecting the things that you are expecting yeah. from yourself at this point in your life. As like, you are still learning how to do real basic things, even if you don't want to admit it. Um, yeah. And I think even like my age is, what is it? I my age is 28. Um, like that's, I can still get to remind myself that that's a young age and that like, I want to be a learner in my life and not, I don't, I'm not trying to actually, if I really think about it, I'm not trying to be someone that people look at and say, oh, she's got it all together. Like she knows what's going on. Yeah. She has all her things in a row. She could never get better at anything. Like <laughs> that's not who I want to be. And um, it's been a, it's been really freeing to um, accept that I'm always going to be in process. Oh. That was like a major revelation for me this year. It's like if I, if I can accept that all the loose ends are never going to be tied up and the package is never going to be perfect. And if it was, then something would be terribly wrong. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that has been really helpful to me. Just want to take a pause here so that I can get in some really cool news that's been happening with Lord Have Mercy and also our Bible app. Um, first of all, uh, our Bible app has partnered with Barclay Press. 
And how cool is it now that you can go into the app and you can peruse the shelf and find, uh, I think, six new titles um, and about six or seven more to come. So hopefully you're able to find something you really want to read there for you. Um, In the spirit of rest and Sabbath, Lord have mercy, we'll be taking the next week off. So the next time you'll hear from us will be January 3rd. And in that time, I really hope you enjoy your Christmas and New Year's holidays. Um, January 3rd, I will be interviewing Miriam Robertson Samuel. After that, you can catch us live at the Queer Christian Fellowship Conference in Chicago, where I get the chance to interview Carla Sophia. Carla Sophia is a lesbian Christian activist who applied for asylum in Argentina because of the anti-gay political climate in Nicaragua. Yeah, it's going to be a really good show. It's going to be live. And if you want to come see that show at the Queer Christian Fellowship Conference in Chicago, the $10 discount code, promo code is podcast19. Um, Come see me. Come see a bunch of other podcasters. Please come say hi and let's make it official. All right, back to the show. The, 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 legal, the legality, the legalism of perfectionism can really be a mental prison and it can be anxiety inducing to the nth mm-hmm. degree. Um, what does that mean for you um, physically, like letting go and saying, it's all right if I'm too tired, um, I can't do it today? Um, yeah. Um. I've actually, this is weird, and I don't, I'm afraid of offending someone, so I just hope they don't get offended. (laughs) I've come to really see my um, disorder as a huge gift Mm. in the sense that it does, it, if I, if I am not treating my body well, then I know the next hour or the next day where other people can run themselves into the ground for years and then just collapse at the end of it. Like, I'm glad that I, my body, um, Reminds stops you. me short in a way, like in a way I'm glad at other times it's incredibly frustrating. Yeah. Um, and for other people, the severity of that is worse than it is for me. And like, that's not a gift (laughs) necessarily Mm. from their perspective. But, um, anyway, I, yeah, I have really, um, it's, it's not hard when you, when pushing past just continues to not work. Like, it's not hard to look back at the four or five or six times you tried that and it failed to, to pull back when you feel that fatigue coming on or whatever mm-hmm. uh, and say, this is going to have to wait till tomorrow. And if it keeps having to wait, then someone else will just have to do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's good. Um, and it's also, I mean, from a more long-term perspective, it has really forced me to put, make self-care a part of my routine and a part of my budget Mm. and a non-negotiable which is incredible like I never would have done that if I didn't have to yeah (laughs) like I would not be going to yoga twice a week I would not be eating the good food that I need to be eating like because I because it took 
it's taken two years of this mm-hmm. experience to come to believe that I am worth it. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. Sometimes, yeah, I've had a couple people since I started writing about body stuff. I've had a couple people in person come and ask me, like, how do you, how do you do all this and come, like, come to value yourself and whatever else. And I'm like, well, get an autoimmune disease. (laughs) (laughs) What a journey. Uh, (laughs) What a journey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So in the next day in your devotional, you actually do talk about rest you talk about um mm-hmm. sabbath what what does sabbath mean to you sabbath is for all that i say i've struggled with this sabbath it's not like a, a day of rest has been something that's been a really huge part of my life for a long long time mm-hmm. um it was something i sort of studied in college in um I studied the Deuteronomy passage and about learned about how there's this thread through the law and particularly through Deuteronomy where um, the Israelites are called to trust in God out of a sense of God's abundance. Um, so when if you're literally all the people around you are working seven days and you're working six, like that's a pretty radical act of trust that it's going to get done and you're going to survive and you're going to have enough like those other people. Um, so that's been a practice for me for a really long time. And then I took another, I took a class about uh, vocation and work in seminary and we talked about Sabbath there too. And I really revisited the justice implications of Sabbath. Um, and that kind of, made me even more convicted about um, how do we the, the, ultimately I, I guess I say this in the devotional that ultimately it's a statement that we are not our work which mm. is so incredibly like it's like radical going to the root like yeah. in a um, culture so completely um mm, it's all capitalist. capitalist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to, yeah. Um, so capitalist. Yeah. Uh, we we hardly have other ways to think. And Sabbath can help us to start to create the, an imagination just even around what it would even look like to live another way. Yeah. I was, I was this, I was, I just realized that I can have Sabbath, um, as somebody outside of Seventh-day Adventism, because like that was my faith growing up. And um, I just tweeted like a week or two ago where I was like, oh my gosh, I can have a Sabbath if I want to. I don't need an entire congregation (laughs) to participate. You know, like I can do Sabbath on Sunday if I want to, you know, where I turn things off and I just relax and I refuse to do any work. And um, so hard for me to do because I think like you're saying, a lot of my worth comes from the work that I do. And I just want to point out like these two lines in, in your devotional, you wrote, I struggle at times to rest because I have a hard time believing or perhaps admitting that my value is not found in my achievement or my productivity. And uh, then you say, still God commands humanity to rest, even though there is still work to be done. Mm -hmm. 
how do you like let go of the work? How do you like just like detach yourself and like move on? Is there a process for you to bring in your Sabbath? I don't know. I wish it would be cool if I had like a ritual with my family. Like so like I have, I have some Eastern Orthodox friends and they have all these different rituals with their families. Mm -hmm. I don't have anything like that. <laughs> um, I'm pretty good at sort of, uh, what's the word, segmenting my mm -hmm. life and my brain. Mm -hmm. um, maybe from a lot of practice, like I um, was really intense about practicing seminary, practicing Sabbath in seminary, um, and that was really hard. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it might be like a combination of practice and personality that I'm usually okay at like you like it definitely helps to shut things off mm -hmm. um go somewhere that i've been wanting to go and making up reasons why i can't or you know we live pretty close to the beach so um That's nice. sometimes when i when i'm really intensely working on a project or doing have stuff going on for church or that kind of thing um i do it does help me to plan ahead what i'm gonna do for my rest time mm -hmm. um and write it down as a sort of commitment so that I don't, because you do have to, or I have to go from one mode to another. And when I'm like really intent on work mode, it's really hard for me to get out of it. Yeah. I was, I was doing that yesterday. I was like, all right, I'm going to not do work now. And then I collapse into more work. <laughs> no, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just like, well, I can't think of anything to do besides work. It was like almost kind of lazy to not try to think of anything restful to do. Yeah. Because I would rather just like let my anxiety keep running me. Mm-hmm. It's problem. yeah, yeah. But um, you also talk about um, and I've I maybe I have heard about this before, but this was a new to me when you said that Sabbath and justice have a marriage together and that one goes, one cannot be without the other. Can you tell yeah. us more about that? Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> you got excited. Um, I, get really, I get really excited. I mean, this, I mean, uh, this is the thing like theologically, when I think about minimum wage, this is what I think about. Mm. is like if people if we're gonna if we really believed that people were more were valuable apart from their productivity then we would enable everyone to rest right like we would pay people wages that allowed them to work a 40 hour week and yeah. not a 60 or 80 hour week yeah just to Amen. survive Amen. um and we wouldn't we wouldn't sit around and ask what people are doing with their free time. We would just assume that everyone's allowed to have free time and do whatever the hell they want. Yeah. Because that's like being human. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think if you get into it, if you get into like what is work and what is money and what is life, <laughs> um, the, I think the connection becomes pretty clear. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said in the devotional, like that connection is made in the Bible. It says everyone, even the animals, 
are entitled to rest. Mm -hmm. Like this is not, there's a lot of places in the Bible that are kind of clearly just speaking to the, um, the elites or the, the white men of the time yeah. <laughs> who ran everything. But th th in this instance, it really takes the time and the papyrus to say this person and this person and this person and the female slave and the male slave and the... Ooh, you're uh, so right. They, they get to rest yes. like you because you aren't any better than them because you also used to be slaves. Wow. You know, that social has been... location is an accident, is basically what it's saying hmm. in between the lines there. I mean, I've, I've read this so many times. Like, every <laughs> single Sabbath growing up, like, we would basically oh, recite man. this as, yeah. you know, in church. And, like, I had never thought of it that way. That it wasn't that God was saying, you have a rule that I've given you, and you must impose that upon the people mm, in your care. Yeah. But rather... I am letting you know that even though I've given you all of this, all of these, uh, all this wealth, that mm -hmm. you still are on the same level as your manservant, as your maidservant, as mm -hmm. the stranger that is within your gates. Like there's, there's, this does not make you more important. And that, yeah, yeah that Sabbath rest can be an equalizer. That is so dope. Yeah. High five, Lindsay. High five. <laughs> I don't think that was my idea. I would have to go back to my vocation and work syllabus. <laughs> but you wrote it and you reminded us of that. it. It was so good. Ah, oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And finally, you land on freedom. Freedom. Yeah. How does freedom make its way into this devotional? Um. Well, I think that you said something like perfectionism is a prison mm. and the anxiety and the scarcity mindset becomes this prison. And that's what drives me into burnout um, is just this belief that there's never going to be enough or I'm never going to be enough. And so to, to like roll it back, dial it back and um, let go and trust that there is going to be enough and I am going to be enough. Like to me, that feels like freedom. Mm. Um, and I think I'm from also from a justice perspective to make space for everyone to be just who they are and where they are and with whoever they want to be for, you know, a certain amount of time every seven days, like that is, pretty radical freedom too and that's freedom that like a lot of people really never have mm -hmm. um and that's that's when I have a hard time accepting sabbath for myself I uh I go back to that um you know am I am I different from everyone else that I really believe deserves this yeah this I'm gonna read one quote um, and there are just so many good nuggets in this. Like you talk a lot about Paul in this day and I just like didn't expect it because <laughs> Paul, like that's just why. Um, you say, I get hooked on the feeling of possibility. And you know, last week um, I was talking to um, Laura Jean Truman and we just talked about like imagination and how yeah. imagination basically fuels our faith and makes it stronger because we are mm -hmm. creating these like 
connections and pathways and dreaming of like what's yeah. to come next. And so um, you guys are connected. There's a symbiosis there. Um, we are very connected. <laughs> <laughs> um, you say, I get hooked on the feeling of possibility and I'm convincing myself I'm just a few good habits and a little focused effort away from neatly tidying up all my flaws and, dis- and deficiencies. That's why it's easy for me to ignore the creeping signs of burnout. I'm enchanted by my visions of a better self. And when I when you say visions, I think of freedom, you know, that space where you're able to contemplate a future and a hope and yeah. um and purpose and you know not not stringent like uh I just I you mm. know, it's wonderful. <laughs> I want to gallop in that. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, so the, I read this book called the, called the Sabbath by Abraham Joshua Heschel, mm-hmm. um, he's a rabbi in the 20th century, and he, his whole thing is about how the Jews see is the Sabbath as, um, eternity breaking into, um, the present, and, um, that, in, in some way, time literally stops when we stop. <laughs> mm. um, and in the meantime, what we do is we spend time with our people and we eat good food and we have good sex and um, whatever other things we need to do to fill up and be. Yeah. Um, and that's our, the inbreaking of eternity into are now Mm. um and that's where we get i think the strength to uh to live in what some people call the already and the not yet in the space of um there's so much work that still needs to be done and there's also so much perfection right here right now in what is Mm. Sounds like, yeah. um, oh, what is that like? It's, uh, um, <laughs> damn it, it's gone. I can't, oh. uh, mindfulness. <laughs> yeah. You know, just like, but like Ooh, that. That could be like the sixth day. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> but that sounds a lot like mindfulness, but I like what you said with like the neither, what did you say? Neither complete nor here nor the already in the not yet. The, yeah. <laughs> wow. That's really yeah. magical. That sounds like something like C.S. Lewis would have written about <laughs> the already in the not yet. I don't know. That's a phrase that theology people love a lot. I don't know who came up with it first. I'm saying it's like, it's story like, like Dr. Seuss. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, if that's a dream space or an imaginary space, I want to be there. You yeah, know, yeah. Full of possibility. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Lindsay, I've really enjoyed talking to you about your wonderful devotional, and I really hope that you'll contribute more to the app. Um, this has been awesome. I will. Where can people find out more about you? Oh, um, the, so I... Lindsay is spelled a little weird, but I'm Lindsay Medford everywhere I go. I'm mostly Instagram and my website, lindsaymedford.com. Okay. 
And uh, do you have any final words for our listeners? Oh, um, <laughs> go in peace and rest and joy and love. <laughs> amen, amen. Amen. Wasn't that nice? As you settle into your Christmas holiday and your New Year's holiday, I hope that you will allow yourself to rest and recharge. I know I will. The first half of December has been so charged. Um, My prayer is that you will give yourself some of that good Sabbath rest that Lindsay prescribes for all of us. You can find me, Crystal Cheatham, on Twitter or my personal website as Crystal Cheatham. And um, Happy New Year. Okay, bye.